podcast where we will talk about topics that are on the minds of the people of Nevada to let our voices be heard above the noise that is currently out there to be able to make a difference, keep our constitutional rights safe and put Nevada back in the hands of the residents again. It is time. podcast is about the Nevada school systems. What's been going on? What needs to change? What do you guys think? We really do want to hear from you, but there are so much, you guys, you may want to get a paper and a pen and take some notes because we have a lot to share about what's happening in our Nevada schools. everybody this is julie one of your hosts with nevada speaks and i'm with bonnie taylor hi bonnie how are you today i'm great how are you i'm good thank you so today i guess we're going to dive into the topic of education in nevada and just talk about some of the things that are going on right now and uh i think that you had some things that you wanted to bring up in particular uh, yeah, I actually did um, did a little background on Nevada, and um, the first thing that popped up, and I was really particularly interested in, was um, how our schools rank across the country. Right. And so I found out, and this is a 2020 uh, report, that overall, Nevada schools rank 45th. So... I don't think that we can, that's nothing to be excited about, right? The, no, definitely not. <laughs> that's horrible. The quality of our schools rank 44, and then the safety of our schools ranks at 40. We wow. have such a huge, huge gap to improve. There should be no Perfect. reason our schools are even in the bottom half of the nation period yeah period um and so you know just kind of watching what has happened in this past year you know setting aside our overall ranking and everything but getting a little more focused on what has happened this last year i had to actually laugh as i was just Googling some stuff. And it, and it turns out that last March of 2020, so if we all were to think back what was going on last March, right? Total chaos, right. total chaos. No one knew what was, no one knew about the, you know, the virus. How, I mean, we were, we knew what we were being told. But if you're a critical thinker, you go way beyond that. Correct. Our governor decided in March of last year, how, if he was at all, going to reopen our schools in August of last year. Now, so we have March, April, May, June, July, August. Six months beforehand, he was already making decisions. Now, I don't know if he had a crystal ball. I don't know if he was listening to some sort of school prophet. All I know is that 
There is no way you can make a decision six months out about a virus right. that even doctors were scratching their heads over at that particular point in time. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had made decisions that far out. Yeah. In March. Yeah. He was already saying that if the kids go back to school, they're only going to have 18 kids in a classroom. Now, from a teaching standpoint, I think smaller classrooms are always better. But he was basing it off of something that seriously he had no, he had really no knowledge of. None. Unreal. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I'm personally shocked right now listening to you talk about this because I had no idea that he had made those decisions that far out. I mean, we had only learned that we were shutting down in March. Mm -hmm. So how do you how like you said, do you have a crystal ball? I mean, how do you know how long it's expected to last? Yeah. Um, it, 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 so it, if you're a critical thinker and you're listening to this, just, you know, think. Think for yourself. Does that make any right. sense? It makes no, no sense at all. Sense. No. Nope. Um, the other thing that really stood out to me when I was, you know, looking at the schools this last year is, um, I believe it was in August, at least here in Clark County, the Clark County School District sent out a survey and with multiple choices, right? right? Did you participate in the sur- survey, Julie? I I think I actually did. I can't remember, though, but mm-hmm. I do I do remember the survey. I know what you're talking about. I think I may have actually participated, but I, I don't remember. There's so mm-hmm. much... So much has happened, so I don't remember. And I I actually did participate, which, you know, I don't have any children in the school district, but it was open to the public to participate. So I participated. And I think the choices were like school full-time, you know, five days a week, back to regular schedule, school hybrid, um, and then, or school just all online. I mean, there were these choices. Overwhelmingly overwhelmingly I don't remember the percentages and if you're listening you can go ahead and google all of this unless they've taken their survey down which is a good strong possibility the public which included parents said back to school full-time right yeah well and I think by that point you know we had learned that kids really weren't affected by covid uh, you know, in the same way that adults were, you know, it's a very, it's rare that they get it. And it's uh, even more rare that anything serious happens with children. Um, so I, th- I think that that was one of the motivating factors for saying, okay, Hey, listen, now, now we know enough about this virus. Let's get the kids back to school. Right. Right. Um, there was a, um, there was also an article and I, I actually went to the, um, the budgets and you can, you know, how you can just go into our state, uh, websites right. and, and look at budgets. And so I went to see how much money was allocated, um, to reopening the schools. And honestly, and I am not 
necessarily a numbers person, but I have worked with large budgets in the past in corporate America. Uh And I'm telling you, our local legislators, legislators need, need to take a how to budget 101 class. First well, of all, I think that's, first, that's pretty true across the board. Yeah, right. But, well, first of all, when I finally got down to the school level, it was so generic that I couldn't tell if the schools had purchased textbooks or toilet paper. That Honestly, oh. it was that bad. I, wow. I couldn't tell how much they spent on plexiglass and... Huh. And the sanitizers that they're using in the school. And that's a whole nother topic. But right. But I will tell you, plexiglass isn't cheap. Right. No, it sure isn't. Right. And so how much money was spent? I also couldn't tell you, because I couldn't find it, where the federal funding for our schools went. So... A very good question. I mean, I don't know. Any, yeah, anyone listening, just go into our state's budget. I'm, and what was even more comical was some of the links in our state, our state's website, and the budgets. You clicked on them, and there were budget sheets with no number. They were just blank, or error messages, really? or it was crazy. So that's not no. responsible. They need to. They need to have a breakdown of what's being spent on what. I agree right. with you. I right. mean, and I so I tried to find out that because one of the reasons I was I was curious about is like you said, we already know that children aren't susceptible to this, nor are they passing it around. Right. So how much did our state? spend on putting up all these plexiglass shields that could have been spent on allowing first of all the kids to just go back to school and secondly right. we have such a a huge population i know in the north part of our county specifically here in clark county where the right. kids were behind because when school when they uh, closed the schools earlier in the year last year, they didn't have access to online learning. Yes. We could have spent that money to help catch those kids up over the summer. I agree. I, I really agree with you on that, that that was a big issue. Um, when they, you know, first started the distance learning, I, I remember it was a very big issue. You know, not everybody had, access to, you know, online schooling because they didn't have uh, internet access. And then they tried to do this thing where they would hand out packets once a week at the uh, school, you know, you drive up and Mm -hmm. get your packet. And um, a lot of, you know, not everybody was able to access that. And then they had a lot of issues, um, you know, actually just distributing those packets, I remember. So yeah, I agree with you. This is, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the money could have been much better spent on, you know, getting these kids back up to speed. You know, it's like you said, it's bad enough where we rank as a state uh, to put plexiglass shields up, which, you know, I mean, <laughs> I they're not really doing any good anyway. It's not like you can't contain, in my opinion, you can't contain a virus 
with a plexiglass shield and then who's who's responsible for cleaning those plexiglass shields every day is my question uh i believe the teachers probably have enough to do um so i i don't know what the answer to that is but i uh I, I agree with you. I think we definitely need to find out where this money was going and we need to demand that it's being put to good use in the future. And, you know, we need to stay on top of them because there should be, there should be a, a breakdown of, you know, where, where everything is being spent as a former bookkeeper. I know very well that you, you know, you literally need to know um, where everything is going and it's, it's not hard, you know, you just, you have, but you, but it's the, the, the problem is, is that they have a responsibility to let the public know where this money is going because at the end of the day, it's our money. We pay taxes. So it's not just their money to just go off and do what they want with it. They need to be responsible and answer to the people who are paying these bills. Exactly. It's our money. It's our money. Yes. And even when it's coming from the federal government, it's still our money. It's still our money. It's still our money. Um, I, 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 I was so disgusted with how the budgets were shown. I mean, budgets are public record. Right. And, you know, how they how they were shown. I, I, have a, I keep a better budget, you know, on an app on my phone for my checking <laughs> account. <laughs> right, right. Seriously, people. Anyway, but, you know, you mentioned who's cleaning the plexiglass and, and, and the schools. Okay, so I have a real thing about chemicals. Uh, mainly, I had a very bad experience for a number of years um, that was causing um, me to be very sick because of chemicals and I didn't realize it. So once I figured out what chemicals are in disinfectants specifically, um, yes. I, I, I don't use any, um, chemical cleaning at all in my home because of that. So I was looking at, um, the disinfectants that are the industrial ones like they would use in the schools and even down to simple ones. Like I hate to call out these products, because I, I, I know it's not really fair, but it's also being honest. But like 409 or Pine Sol or Bleach or any of those type of cleaning products, the um, industrial cleaning products are even worse. Much worse. Um, if you look, if you just take, and I would challenge anyone, just take your bottle of 409, Pine Sol, whatever, and Google the ingredients. Better yet, go to the poison control website. <clears throat> put those ingredients right. in. Right. Yeah. So they are wiping down and spraying these chemicals where our children are going to touch and breathe. Right. For a virus that won't live on the surface of something. Exactly. It needs a host. Right. So, uh, I, you know, when they tell me, oh, well, we clean our schools really well or whatever, I'm like, yeah, get over your big old self because you're vir virtue signaling. The right. virus isn't going to live on a desktop. I'm sorry. Let's just be real about this. I agree. It, it, a virus needs a host. It's not a bacteria. We're talking right. about a virus. A virus, so exactly. It needs it needs a home very quickly. Right. 
so I agree with you, and I I I absolutely agree with you about the overuse of chemicals that you know these harsh um, sanitizers. They are being way overused, mm-hmm. and they're bad. You know, they're bad for your health. Mm-hmm. They're bad for the environment. Yeah, they're just not. I mean, it's a. I don't have a problem with using them. Uh, you know once in a while, um, but to go and spray, you know, all of having all of these aerosols in the air from these, you know, harsh disinfectants, um, you know, for, you know, when you go to spray the plexiglass or, you know, the surfaces or whatever, you know, you're putting this stuff in the air that kids are breathing at. A lot of kids, you know, may be allergic to it. So I think that you may be doing more harm than good. And, you know, I can imagine it, you know, as harsh as some of these chemicals are, they could probably actually cause, you know, I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I would imagine that it's possible they could cause little micro abrasions as you're breathing these chemicals in mm-hmm. and make things worse. And yeah. um, it's the same thing with hand sanitizer. One of the biggest complaints I had in the beginning of all of this was that people were using hand sanitizer just in ridiculous amounts and <laughs> it's mostly alcohol based. And I'm like, no, you guys don't use, don't overuse hand sanitizer. Use it sparingly when you don't have access to running water and soap. I said, but don't, you know, I, I would tell my friends to don't use hand sanitizer all the time because what it does is it actually dries your skin out and it causes uh, little, you know, abrasions on your skin which allow pathogens to then enter. So you're actually doing more harm than good. And the other, the other thing on that was that people were using really hot water to wash their hands and it kind of does the same thing. It just, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're not drying your skin out. But, and then I think about, well, what about all these chemicals that are going into our water system? Because they go somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. they end up, they end up in the uh, water system. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we this needs to be done a little bit more reasonably. I mean, I'm a I'm a I think the um, the use of you know like the ultraviolet lights um, to disinfect might be you know an option or but here's the thing you know like we said before kids just don't get this virus very often and when they do it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. right. so. Why are we even taking all of these very expensive measures that could be doing more harm than good when it's just not, you know, it's like you're trying to prevent a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people from getting sick. And I don't even recall knowing uh, any children that got really, really sick from it personally. So I I don't know. I know. I, I, I I know. I, I know. So- I have a couple of friends whose children um, got it, but they they never had any symptoms other than um, a runny nose, like a cold. Right. But I know that you know. I know that someone for every person that says I don't know anyone who child got it, there's someone who's going to say, "Oh, I know." And I'm like, okay, we need yeah, we need just like don't <laughs> you need to look at the overall percentage. Um, the, and we'll move on from the chemical topic, but, um, one of the chemicals that's in almost every single cleaning product that you buy in the stores, 
um, unless you make your own or you use a, a chemical-free plant-based product, um, is formaldehyde. Now, right. I'm sorry, I don't even want formaldehyde in my body when I'm gone because I'm going to do the whole cremation thing. So <laughs> formaldehyde, do we really want our children breathing in formaldehyde? I'm just no. like, what is the matter with these people? So that, so we have, we have a school district that's already behind the rest of the country. Right. We have a governor who made a decision six months out that kids can't go back to school because, you know, it might, because, because of whatever his excuses were. Right. Then we have this whole Nevada health task. I don't even know what to call it. Let's just call it the health, health task committee chaos who is being run by, and he, I'm going to use the word, the term doctor very loosely here. Um, Isan Azam. I'm probably really butchering that name. I apologize. Yeah, I'm not trying to say it either. Right. Who doesn't even have a license to practice medicine in the U.S. That's who our governor decided should head up the Nevada Health Task Force. And, that is unreal. And, and I think there was more than one Nevada Health Task Force, but this one in particular, because every time I turned around, Sisolak was creating another task force for who, who knows what. But um, right. again, federal dollars going, you know, somewhere. Um, True. Good point. But this particular dude was the one that was saying, we have, to, everyone needs to be wearing a mask. And that includes children. So the whole topic of mask is another topic we can get into. But let's just talk about it when it comes to masking children. Which is what they're having to do and and go to school. Clark, yeah, in Clark County, at the in Clark County School District, if I'm not mistaken, it is a requirement right now for children to wear a mask and stay six feet apart from one another. Which that's a whole lot to unpack right there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk. Go ahead and talk about the mask. Okay. How it harms. Right. So. Um, okay, so part of my background, if you're listening here, is I have a um, I have a master's in clinical counseling, and um, and have done ten plus years of clinical counseling. Um, your subconscious is always absorbing stuff, even if you consciously aren't aware of it. Children don't have any perspective or or depth of experience. So when all of a sudden we pull the rug out from underneath them and we pull them out of school because all of a sudden school is dangerous and not only is school dangerous, you're dangerous. So you got to put a mask on because you might kill grandma. And oh, by the way, you're not going to look at anyone's faces unless you're in your own home and then you can see mommy and daddy. But when you walk out, everyone's going to have this face diaper on Right. Okay. Kids do not know when you say to them, this is only temporary. They don't get 
what temporary actually means. And honestly, as an adult, we've gone way beyond temporary. <laughs> but, right, right. But well, they don't have that previous experience. They don't have any previous experience. It's they. It's not like it's not like adults who who see the overall bigger picture, understand the political ramifications. They can't wrap their heads around it. And even though your child might be laughing and playing and wearing that stupid thing on their face, subconsciously, it is impacting them in ways that honestly, even as a clinician, I won't be able to know for maybe five to 10 years from now. Wow. That's a big impact. There's, there's a form of PTSD that I have actually seen in the eyes of children as I've been out and about. Yeah. So, you po- know. Yeah. Post-traumatic stress disorder is not just for, um, you know, our, our, our military, our veterans. It happens Absolutely. to everyone when there's a big stressful situation. And the kids are stressed. I mean, the suicide rate is off the Richter scale right now for for teenagers. Right. And you can't tell me kids aren't aren't stressed. Ten-year-olds committing suicide. Um, So sad. Yeah. Oh, my. It's just, it's so, this could have been avoided. This could have been handled so much differently. Yeah. And, and I know what you mean about, you know, the kids being stressed. I, I can even tell, uh, there are some kids, you know, who, when I take my little one to the park to play, I remember this one particular incident where this little boy, he just, he was unsure if he should play Mm. with my, my little one. And he just wasn't, you know, he wasn't sure how he, how he, should approach her and I could just see the confusion in his face and he was and he had a mask on at the park there was only it was just us it was it was um him and his dad and then that you know it was just us so it was just four of us there Hmm. you know we're out in the open you know at the park and you know this little kid's got a mask on and but I could see it in his eyes you know he and he in the way he was reacting it, it just it was so sad to see. And I, and I've seen, you know, similar inter- interactions with other kids too, when we've gone to the grocery store and, you know, there's just a lot of, so I, I, I fully agree with you. I, there's damage being done here and, you know, and let's talk about, you know, it's hard as a teacher to go in and, and um, manage a classroom full of children, let alone, to make sure that they're keeping their mask on and, and, and for them to, uh, keep them socially distanced. Um, not, I mean, not only is it hard to manage, but I I can't even imagine what it must be like, you know, for these kids going to school, they see their friends at school, but they can't really interact with them. I, I don't, I don't know who's, making up these rules, but I'll tell you what, if this keeps, you know, if this keeps on going the way that it is, I suspect we're going to have more people homeschooled than we will in our public schools. 
um, in, in the next few years. I, I don't know how much longer they you know they're going to keep up this mask mandate, especially for the children. But this has got to stop. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there there has to be some sort of um, you know middle ground that you know mm-hmm. that we could find. Besides yeah. masking masking these kids, they like I mean, we have to keep going back to the fact that they don't they're not affected by this virus in the same way adults have been. Yeah. So I don't really understand the logic behind it and the damage that we're you know, like you said, we're I mean, our rank in the state is just um what you said forty fifth? Yeah, uh yeah, overall. Our, we rank 45th. You know, that's, we were already doing really bad to begin with in our, you know, here, here in the state. And. Well, you know, it, what it, what it really gets me is um, our governor and the legislators should not be surprised that we rank 45th in the state. And when they made the decision to close the schools, for the rest of the year last year. I could understand, let's just shut the schools down for a couple of weeks and, and see how this plays out, right? Right. That whole two-week pause, or whatever it was. Right. Um, two-week to slow the curve. But when they made the decision that the kids weren't going back to school at all, knowing that we ranked 45th, knowing there was a massive population that didn't have access to internet or laptops, or Chromebooks, or any of those things, whose whose parents didn't have the ability to sit down with them. You know, I mean, when all of that started to happen, I literally felt like we were on this fast-moving train to destroy an entire generation. And that's what it still feels like to me. The... um, I'll, there was a news on the, on the I, I think it was Channel Five News that reported uh, at the school at the end of the school year last year. All of a sudden, the teachers were realizing that the students, some of their students, weren't showing up online, and it fa- they found out in the north part of the valley that these kids didn't have internet, let alone a Chromebook or anything. I mean, they didn't have any access, so they decided to get the kids Chromebooks. And then they took one of the school buses and put a, uh, on the side of the school bus, a huge sign, and it became like a, um, an internet signal. Well, a hotspot. Right, a hotspot. And right. at the end of the day, the reporter that was reporting on this walked up to the bus driver and said, because it was sitting in like a parking lot of a big uh, apartment complex, and he said, how many parents came up to get you to get the password? The, the, this guy had been sitting there all day long. And the bus driver said, no one. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and you could see the look on, this, on the reporter's face. He was like, he did not expect that answer. So again, bad reporting, bad on you, journalist, for not pre-asking and knowing where this was going to go. But <laughs> bad on you because he caught you um, off guard he, the look on his face was like, uh, 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 <laughs> he didn't know what to say. 
Because the sign on the bus said, you know, free Wi-Fi for Clark County Schools, you know, ask for password. No one had asked for the password. So when, again, when they made the decision for kids not to go back to school, they did, they did it based off of some crazy something idea. And, you know, and I am about choice. So let's say you have the ability to be home with your child, to make sure they're online, to do the work. And because you personally as a parent don't feel like you want your child back in that environment right now. Okay. Right. As parents, we make decisions, be wrong right. or right. But for the parent who just says, well, I guess the kids aren't going to school the rest of the year because we don't have any of the tools for them to go to school. Then they just don't go to school. Like that parent didn't have a choice. Right. That, that parent had no choice. And so, no, yeah. And, yeah. So again, Making decisions based off of, you know, who knows what at the end of the year last year. And then, you know, and then making a decision in March, what was going to happen in the fall and all of this stuff, sending out a survey, the school district sent out the survey and then they totally ignored what people wanted. Right. And, And I, okay. So hear me very clearly. I have siblings that are teachers, not in Nevada, but in other states. I love teachers. I myself even wanted to be a teacher. So I am not saying this against teachers. If you're listening, teachers, this is not against you. But why would you let someone else tell you how to teach when you know what the right thing was to do? You could say it was the union. You could say it was school administrators. You could have spoken up. Absolutely. But you didn't. You didn't. You went along with what you were being told was the right thing to do. And I have enough friends that are also teachers that know it was the wrong thing to do. And if you as a teacher are afraid that you're going to get sick, then you have a choice to make. You can stay you home know. and someone can sub for you. Right. I I think that, you know, this, this whole idea, one of the things that has always bothered me for this past year was listening to teachers, you know, make this claim that, you know, they had to be safe and they didn't want to get sick and, <laughs> oh, God, I can't go back to work. But, you know... Um, you know, it's fine if they're grocery store clerks or they're gas station workers or anybody else who works in a public setting. It's okay for them to go to work, right? That's okay. Right. Oh, gosh, it's yeah. It's fine for them to take that risk. But but for the teachers, you know, it was like they got some sort of special exclusion. And, you know, it was all driven by the, um, by the teachers' unions. That was what the driving force was behind that narrative. And it was so annoying. You know, you brought up a word, choice, and, you know, I think one of, so it made me think of school choice. One thing that we really need to push for, uh, not just here in Nevada, but, you know, um, I think across the nation is school choice. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, I can, uh, I'm on Ballotpedia looking at the average cost per pupil in the state of Nevada. And according to them, it is $8,339. Uh, so per child, that's the average spending, right? Mm-hmm. Well, a, a private school, um, it, you know, might be a little bit more expensive. Uh, let's see. According to privateschoolreview.com, the average private school tuition in Nevada is approximately $10,526 per year as of 2021, and the private elementary school average is $9,621 per year. So, uh, and then it says the high school average is $11,751 per year. So that's just the average, right? So you've got maybe a one or two thousand dollar difference, and it really just depends on you know th- these are averages. So keep right. that in mind. Um, the you know having this having the choice of taking that taking that money and turning it into a voucher so that parents can choose where their kids want you know can go to school. With, it'll create a more competitive landscape making the public schools have, you know, they'll have to do a better job. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just like with any other business. And I think if we had had that as of last, this last year, we would not even be discussing this. I, I really think that it would have been a whole different situation. I think a lot more kids would have been in school. A lot of kids have, would have been happier. But, you know, when you've got, and then here, here in uh, Las Vegas, um, here in the Valley, rather, you know, Clark County School District is huge, you know, and, and it, it's, I, oh, let's see, they, I think it's the fifth largest, yes, it's the fifth largest school district in the U.S. Wow. And, yeah, it, it serves uh, 311,000 kids, uh, K through 12, um, that was as of 2000. 12 to 13 school year. So the statistics here are a little bit old, but um, so it's actually prob- the number has got to be higher uh, because you know, um, we've had multiple move in. I'm seeing 326,000 as of uh, March 2020. Oh, okay. So then we go to the total students for the state, and we've got about 400. 45,000. So mm-hmm. out of the entire number, you know, in the state, we have the majority of students here on the Clark County School School District. Yeah. And we have 18 school districts uh, throughout the state. So I know that there's a push right now to break up Clark County School District. There's been a push for a while. Uh, I believe our former governor uh, Brian Sandoval, I believe he actually signed a bill that was going, it was supposed to break up the school district, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't really know what happened with that situation, but it obviously didn't happen. I, I think it, I think they did something with the funding, but I don't, you know, we need to actually break the school district up, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's way too large. Um, it really is. And, you know, when you, School choice, I've always firmly believed in school choice. Me too. Um, And if you think about it, okay, so if I were 
governor for a day, <laughs> I, I would have taken the federal funding and I would have said to the parents, we have vouchers for right. $8,339, which is what the public schools get paid, right? We have vouchers. If you want your child to go back to a private school or what, you know, whatever you want to do, we have these vouchers for you in the fall. If the school, if the teacher's union is adamant, because we, you know, let's just be honest, the teacher's union is driving this. If the teacher's union is adamant that teachers are such high risk for going back and teaching and we got to do all this stuff in the schools to make it safe because, you know, it's just a, it's a virus. Um, then here's your voucher. Come get it. And you're, right. and you can have your kid go to any school you want. If I were governor for the day, that's what I would have done. And then let the teachers union scramble and figure out how to get the schools reopen right. full time. And for the teachers that were scared, educate them. Right. Because like you said, the cashier at Trader Joe's or Target or Albertsons or Costco or any of those places worked right on through this whole thing. Exactly. And you know, another thing I want to point out is I, of all the places that I've, I went to, I never saw anybody have to leave because they were too sick to work there anymore. So I just want yeah. to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't happening. So, you know, um, and, and the other thing I would do, not only would I break up the Clark County School District. I'd love to see it broken up, but I would also figure out a way to get rid of the teachers union. I am not a fan of unions. They served their oh. purpose in the 1940s. I agree. Um, I, I am just not a fan. I think that those that, and if you are a fan of union and your unions and you're listening, I'd love to hear from you and, and tell me why. Actually tell me why. Because... Yeah. There was, they served a big purpose, but right now it doesn't, they, they seem like it's kind of useless. And, and my husband was, um, he taught, uh, junior ROTC and it was actually in California at the time, but they, the teacher's union is the teacher's union. And he was told that he had to pay into it or he had to still pay the dues amount and it went into some special fund that he had no control over. What? Yeah. So either way, he was going to be out that money every month. Okay. Now, I don't know if that's how it works here in Nevada. I'd be curious to know um, that. No, it's not. You you don't have to belong to the teacher union here. If I, I'm almost 100% sure about that. Well, you didn't have to belong to one in California either, but you still had a, your money still, you still got that amount deducted from your paycheck. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I yeah. don't think that's the case here, though. Um, I remember a teacher telling me that, you know, it was a choice and that you didn't have to pay for it, but you know, that, that could very well be the case. So I, I may be wrong on that. I'll, yeah, I don't I'll know. Have to look into that further, but yeah, no, I, I, I'd have to look into it further, but I, you know, I, the, the union isn't necessary anymore. No. And, um, I'd break up the school districts that were that would be large. I don't know what size the school districts are in northern Nevada, um, but I do. I you know I do know that Clark County is 
way is got way way beyond anything reasonably on size the Clark County Schools. So, you know, I would have given school vouchers because the private schools reopened. They reopened. Right. It's like, well, if they can reopen, what's up with that? How come those well, teachers then, are safe, but the public schools teachers aren't? What is up with that? Right. And then, you know, you also have to consider if the private schools are open, right? Right. And your child goes to public school and you can't afford private school education, well, then give that parent the voucher so that, you know, they can send their child to a private school. They'll get a much better quality of education, uh, generally speaking, not always. Um, but in a lot of, you know, a lot of private schools, you really do get a better quality education, and there's a reason for that. Right. And that's why I'm a proponent for school choice, because, you know, it's it, it creates that competition. But give the parents a voucher. It has to be done. That is the only, in my opinion, that's the only way we're going to rank higher in the nation, period. Yeah. Um, I, you know, they've tried, here's the thing. I've watched over the years as they've tried so many different, you know, tactics to improve education. Um, I, you know, I was in California before, so, um, but I, I've even watched it here, you know, they, They've done so many different things, but, you know, we, we haven't had that school choice across the board yet. So why not try it and see what happens? You know, because, it, you know, it it's, I, I, can, I can guarantee it's going to have a very positive impact overall. And, and then you won't have to worry, like you said, about these teachers unions. And I, I don't really understand the point of it of unions at this, you know, at this point in time, we, people need to go back and learn about why unions were formed, you know, you know, early, early on. Yeah. They they need to understand the history of unions Yeah, and they need to understand the, you know, insane working conditions that people were being forced to work under. So Mm -hmm. things are different now. Yeah. You know, It's just not the same. We don't, we don't have those type of conditions anymore that would, that you know, that makes it necessary to have these unions. Yeah. And I really don't understand what the purpose of the teachers' unions is anyway. I mean, I, I've never fully understood how how they're making things better. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one of the, one of the purposes they think they have is to tell their teachers how to vote. <laughs> yeah they they do i mean the propaganda that gets put in on these teachers is insane right it's absolutely insane and it is truly propaganda right like just because you work for the school district and maybe you are a part of the union doesn't mean that they know what's best as far as voting they don't right they only know who they're funding. Right. Which, you know, it, that that's a whole nother thing. Like, yeah, the amount of support politicians get because, you know, someone decided that they're going to get a favor with that politician's in office. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. Exactly. Um, but I just kind of wanted to wrap this up a little bit. Okay. Um, 
we still have so much more to talk about. I, I would love to talk to talk about uh, curriculum one day um, and yeah. what is no longer in the school's curriculum <laughs> because okay, that, yeah. that's a whole nother topic. But um, if, you know, if anyone has any comments or any experience, um, we'd love to hear from you, even if, if you don't have to agree with us, you guys. This is, this is a place where it's okay to disagree. Um, Absolutely. But you also have to be okay with us pushing back on you, too. And right. We, yeah, because we will push back as long as, you know, as, and you, as you can push back on us. So, you know, you just let us know what you think and um, share this podcast and do all the things as far as subscribing and liking and all the things. And we and also uh-huh. we have a and also just I wanted to mention uh, if you are on Telegram we have a, a Telegram page yes called Nevada Speaks yes we do yeah and I'll put the link in the description okay perfect yeah yeah and the email address if anybody wants to email us right with any questions my what what is the email address it's nv speaks 21 at gmail.com. Okay. NV speaks 21 at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I okay. will put all of that in the descriptions. And so people can just click on them and go to them and do their thing. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Bonnie. Great it's discussion. Yep. All right. All right. Everyone have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining Nevada Speaks. Please share with your friends and family. If you are listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button and don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you are listening. You can leave a comment or email nvspeaks21 at gmail.com. That's nvspeaks21 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Mm-hmm.